Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Palmer. This episode is an Author Express. An Author Express is designed to give you a quick overview of the author, their book, their author journey, sharing their successes, challenges, and tips for other authors. Our guest is an internationally best-selling author, an expert in entrepreneurialism, and has run a series of companies for over 22 years, and for over 15 years has been helping managers and executives to continually double their profits and revenues. She not only has what it takes to help her clients build million dollar businesses, but she does it time and time again. Welcome, Michelle Nedelik. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Excellent. So let's share a little bit about you. Uh, you are living in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which is where I live also. And you have a digital marketing company that caters to helping authors. Yes, we do. We love helping authors to be able to promote their books, have launches, all sorts of fun things. Authors are fantastic because whether they're prolific in writing or not, the ability to be able to take excerpts from their books and be able to take their expertise and showcase it online is a fantastic ability. Having a book is one of the best ways to do it because it has an element of instant notoriety to it. People respect the fact that you've put together a book and that it's been published and they can touch it, they can feel it, especially when it's a printed book. That gives another dimension to it in that we can not only do online marketing, but we can incorporate the digital marketing to it as well, especially if it's poignant to certain individuals that you want to get their attention to, particularly if it's CEOs or something like that, being able to gift them a book and be able to email them if you have their email or address them on social media if you have that capacity to and point them to either blog articles or pages on your website that are pertinent to the content that you're covering in the book all of those make for a high impact go-to expert status building uh, online with your online presence and of course when you can augment that with an actual physical book that's fantastic. Now being an author yourself, you've done this with regards to your own book? Well, yeah. So we started in writing uh, the business ownership mindset. I had a particular idea for it. It's a non-fiction book, but it's still my passion project, if you want to put it that way, because I was at the pretty much at the end of teaching mindset, but I wanted to get out all the information that I had and be able to help entrepreneurs especially understand that when it comes to running a business they'll start to feel like they're going crazy because the rules of the game are different than everything they've ever known before and if they understand what the rules have changed to then it can make for an easier transition from one to the other when i started writing the book it just kind of flowed and came out and that was very nice for that part to happen and then the complexity started of the editing and all those sorts of things but it was putting out those ideas and helping people you know in social media to be able to buy in and get excited about the information so that when we had the launch of the book knowing when it was going to be published and having the pre-sales that led up to the anticipatory sales which led up to the day of the launch and those sales so that allowed us to get the best-selling seal of approval, if you will, in the genre of women entrepreneurs, uh, which is fantastic. And then we led it through to a nurturing campaign of giving people the content in our list and our social media platforms to be able to then go and get the book as well to write reviews and or share the book with other people. And then it's been kind of an ongoing 
being able to use it as a drip campaign to use in giveaways and uh, other sorts of online launches or projects that we can allow people to get the information out to them. So yeah, it was it was very construct <laughs> from the beginning all the way through to the end. Unlike some people's, which happen to be a little more haphazardous, but those are always fun too. We love helping everybody regardless of where they're out <laughs> promoting their books. Yeah, there's an interesting learning curve that happens with regards to authors who write and then go to publish versus those that promote before they publish and build their platforms so that when the book is out, there's a place for it to land. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and it's just two different um, approaches as far as we're concerned, because somebody that goes and writes the book ahead of time, we can still take aspects of the book and still tease. And in fact, it's probably a little easier because then we can create a campaign where we know it flows because having already written the book and gone through the editing process, we know that the book flows, we know that the ideas flow. So therefore, when we create the marketing campaign to kind of mirror it, we know that the readers are going to have, um, they're going to be enticed to carry on with the emails. Now, this is primarily for uh, nonfiction. We work primarily with nonfiction. However, fiction is super fun to work with as well. And I haven't done any particular campaigns for one, but uh, for example, Jay Rook wrote a book on parenting a, a comic book of, <laughs> in essence, uh, for it. And uh, it was really fun being with him and and just giving him ideas along the way going, hey, have you tried this? Have you looked at this? And he went through with a lot of the ideas for it. And it's just kind of an understanding of basic marketing. How do people get intrigued with ideas? Not unlike the editing process in itself. It's just that process then becomes public. <laughs> Yeah, with Promote Before You Publish, I encourage a lot of fiction and nonfiction authors to share as they're writing their book. They're, therefore, they're actually speaking to their writing community, not just their target client um, or their target reader for their genre, which I find gets them into the practice of sharing themselves and different ways to do that, as well as engaging on social media. Well, in, in sharing with people, I find it was a lot of fun because my social media following and my email following is very eclectic, let's say. <laughs> so I have gathered them in many, many uh, places and for many reasons along the way. So some of them are entrepreneurial, some of them aren't, some of them are you know, very successful in financially, some of them are just starting, some of them are you know, very artistic, some of them are very literal thinkers. Like it's just across the board on every aspect. So sharing a book like that with my general audience, uh, there was a lot of interesting comments <laughs> because there's so many ways to take the book. And it's like, I, I get that. And you're not kind of the ideal reader for this book. So but it was, was fun. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was totally fun and and, yeah. and great to hear the different perspectives on it. And a lot of people wanted it to read like a novel and it kind of sort of read more like a business book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, I could probably work on that one. <laughs> that one I will give you. I could probably make that a lot easier to do, to work with. Yeah. yeah, so it's the business ownership mindset, and it's understanding how we go from consumer through employee uh, work career and into the entrepreneurial world and into eventually what I call business ownership. So to me, an entrepreneur is somebody that has an idea and goes, hey, I think I'm going to go do this thing and maybe I'll make some money on it. <laughs> and they have great ideas. And once you've stepped into that pool, you 
you never really get to step out of it. You're always kind of touched by the entrepreneurial gene in my world. But when you move up to running a business that can run without you, mm-hmm. that to me is a business ownership mindset. So you can run many companies at the same time or own many companies at the same time, but you're not necessarily in the day-to-day operations of any of them. And that is a completely different mindset than I have this idea and I want to take it out to the market. Right. So that's kind of where I take the the book and it's and somebody's journey through that based on the experience I've had through coaching people. When somebody's going through that journey, to me, it was, uh, you got to have the mindset. And, and I've since learned through podcasting and things like that and interviewing tons of people around the world and very different levels of business is that it never changes. <laughs> I hate to break to you, but you never really arrive and you're always kind of going through that. How do I challenge my own mindset in order to be and do and bring different, bigger ideas out to the world? Okay. And it was published 2017. So you also put it out to your audience to pick the help you pick the cover. Yes, I did. How did you? All right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Great. Yeah, that was fun. Did you have couple of podcasts but there's there's a different mindset around that too my primary one is the business ownership podcast so clearly we have a theme going on around business ownership and being yep. able to help people in that area and we have a special series called seven to eight figures as helping people demystify building a million dollar business and beyond and then interview people that have done it been there bought that t-shirt and kind of what they went through and how they can change it and then i have some other salty sassy ones that are more my uh my passion children (laughs) would you like to share them i will if you're open for it oh yes absolutely awesome so we have uh the little blue pill for business which is all about getting it up and keeping it up and of course we're talking about revenue and profit but i understand that it's all about six inches between your ears so i interview some of the hottest people in the industry that are blowing and going so we can help you get on on some action so if you like a little tongue-in-cheek and not just physically this podcast is for you so it is all business and it is just fun it is rated um do not listen to it when your kids are at work Explicit. it yeah have your headset in while you're listening to it um uh, it is a ton of fun you never know what's gonna pop up in that one then i have happy to offend you which is understanding just because you're offended by something doesn't mean it's the end of the world in fact if you understand why other people aren't offended by some things we can actually create better connections and communication with other people so I like to tease that I interview, you know, comedy club owners, drag queens, midgets and redheaded Irishmen, just because they naturally offend people just by existing. And we have a ton of fun on the show. And um, we just laugh at the idea that, you know, anything you do is going to offend somebody. So, you know, you got to get over it and and figure out who you want to be and what you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. So that one's a ton of fun. And, And then we have the bad girls on business which is, to our understanding, the only podcast that is safe, sane, and consensual. And we will be as nice, naughty, or as kinky as our guests require. And again, we're talking business, but we do it with a very unique twist. Oh, I'm loving this. Okay. So your experience as a podcaster, because you're as neurotic as I am in the sense that you have to have more than one, because one right? just isn't enough. You know, it just doesn't give me enough room to play. What has your experience been in and handing off and delegating? And it was kind of funny because I run a tech company and the tech stopped me from doing what I needed to do, which I thought was hilarious. And it was actually where we place the podcast initially to feed what's called the RSS feeds into 
Apple and Google and all that kind of fun stuff. And I, I knew how it worked because I had built a, a website in 2000. Yeah, 2000. That was an RSS feed back then. <laughs> so I knew how it worked, but I still, I couldn't wrap my head around it for some reason. So it took me a few years before I actually started the podcast. So when I started it, it was kind of me, myself and I and wrapping my head around it. And then it was like, okay, I love doing the podcast, but I hate doing the tech. <laughs> so then it was like, Hey, who wants to do this? Oh, you do great here. Here's everything. So everything from the editing, the finding the hooks, the marketing of it, the images, like every, everything was off my desk almost in one fell swoop. <laughs> I was like, you guys can do all of this. I will do the recordings and that's it. So I even let go of my, my finding guests of my, you know, doing up the landing page. Everything was completely off my page. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's a different thing. I mean, I love having the conversations, yeah. but I'm a little stuck because uh -huh. I also love doing everything else. It's just there's not <laughs> enough hours and time for me to do it all. Exactly. So I had, to me, it's figuring out kind of happy balance between doing some things that I like to do without getting in my team's way of I'm becoming the bottleneck for them. And, and is this what makes us money as a company? You know, my job is to, to go out and talk to people, have conversations with them about building their businesses. And that's really what I need to be doing most often. How do we get them to be the go-to expert in their industry? And the more I have that conversation, the better off we are, the more I get into the weeds of things, uh, the worse off we are. But every once in a while, I do have to pull out some crayons and some paint and start painting <laughs> You know what? I just need to do this because it's fun. And that's the way it goes. I have a full tickle trunk full of <laughs> painting crayons. Just nice. bring the wine, girl. We got a whole night, weekend, whatever you want. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Right on. Awesome. So the relevance of a roadmap um, has yet to be published, but it will be soon because we've finished it off. We, we're tying it up. We're going to editor now. And basically what it is, is understanding how important it is to have a, a roadmap for your business. It's not just a blueprint of, okay, like here's my goals and here's what I intend to do. It's actually breaking down. How are you going to actually achieve your goals? How much money do you need at what point in order to be able to purchase what hardware, what software, what human resources, what do you have to do before that in order to be able to be ready for them? How do you prepare yourself for delegating these jobs, for writing the SOPs, for all of that, the, the aspects that people don't understand? And, and don't understand. Let's back up for a second. Not everybody's going to understand SOPs. Um, so standard operating procedures, and that can include how do you do what you do in a given day? How do you create an opt-in? How do you write a book? <laughs> it's probably best. How do you write a book? And can you get other people to help you to write those books? Especially if you get to the habit of going, oh, I want to write books on these six subjects. You can't write six books at once and you can't take three years to write each one of those books. So at some point in time, you're going to have to bring in some assistance to do that if that's your goal. And then you want to write down, how is this going to happen? At what point do I bring them in? Um, and what specialty they have. So you might have somebody that helps you to outline the book. You might have somebody that helps you to outline the story arc of the book. You might have somebody else that helps you edit the book. You might have somebody else who helps you publish the book, or that might all be one person. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide what is your way of doing that? Because once you find what works, 
you want to do it again and again. So say you have that same person helps you from beginning to end. At what point do you bring them in to be able to help them help you do that so that you can look at, okay, in the next five years, I want to have these six books. This is how this is all going to go down. We document it. So that's your standard operating procedure then differs from how much time do, is it going to take me to write a chapter? Am I going to get a, a ghostwriter to help me out with that? Am I going to self-publish? Am I going to find publishers? If I'm going to find publishers, am I going to do it myself or am I going to find other people to do it? And you can start to see there's a lot of questions <laughs> that most people don't ask themselves. But if you go through that kind of arduous work of being able to put this whole plan together, your odds of success go up exponentially. So it's not just that you go from, oh yeah, you got a 50-50 chance of making this work. It's that you go from having a 20% chance of making it work up to an 80% chance of making it work. And it's because not only have you thought through kind of how you want to have things done, but if you're working with somebody like a CMO, like CIO, a CFO, even if it's fractional and they're coming in and they're helping you with their part of this, that you're, you're bringing on their expertise, you're bringing on their experience, you're bringing on a whole lot of advantageous thinking, energy, and planning that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And that's why it becomes exponential as opposed to just a linear growth. Your journey as an author, when did you start writing? So I think it was at the beginning of the business ownership mindset. It was just doing that dump. Prior to that, the whole idea of writing blogs or things like that to me was not, <laughs> that's not my gamut. And even in writing the book, a lot of it was recorded and then turned into kind of linear writing. The way my brain works is I wanted to put it in very, um, you know, A1, A2, A3, <laughs> kind of point, form, point, point, point. But then my thoughts didn't fit into those points. And how do I make that happen? So basically, we wrote out the table of contents, which was fairly easy. And then I recorded and spoke about each of the concepts. And then we kind of fattened them up and made them, uh, you know, an intro, an outro, uh, an understanding of what each one of those were and how did they connect to the other ones. I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a writer, <laughs> despite that I am, you know, soon to have published three books, but yeah, I'm more of a talker for sure. <laughs> definitely an author. They are definitely an author. It's like being an entrepreneur. Once you've written one, it's like, yeah, you, you've dipped your toe in and you can't take that ink off. <laughs> it doesn't work. My fingers so wanna, are safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have the business ownership secrets to scaling. And that's basically getting into the the depth of it, of what kind of questions you need to be asking yourself of how do you actually scale your business? When does you know, human resources come into play and what kinds of human resources and why? When does the tech come in and what kind of questions should you be asking and why? And it's kind of irrelevant as to what technology is available at that time. It's how do you conceptualize what needs to be automated and then start asking questions when the tech does show up, kind of how to do that. And then, you know, all the other aspects that are involved in scaling a business, going through the growth process and then into the scaling. Scaling is basically throwing money at something that works. It's really that growth process <laughs> before that that becomes the real issue. So entrepreneurialism is easy. You throw stuff, spaghetti up against the wall, hope that it works, and figure out something that works. It's that growth phase in between that and scaling that becomes the, the real difficult part for most people. What would you like to leave as tips or advice from having been there? 
Nice. Well, the biggest advice is do it, <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Just finish it because it's, it is important and it's important for other people to be able to hear and read your thoughts on those ideas. And we all human beings get into this. What if I can't, what if it doesn't work? What if they don't want to hear what I have to say? What if somebody gets offended by it? <laughs> you know, they are. Yes. Carry on. <laughs> Go, go do it. Um, it'll work out much better than you thought it would in the first place. And done is the new perfect. You can always write another book to be able to, you know, capitalize on the changes that you've discovered afterwards. Yeah. And where can we find more Michelle? How do we get a hold of you? What is it that we can come to you for with all of the different items that you've shared with us today? Absolutely. Well, you can go to awarenessstrategies.com and you can connect with me there. If you're looking at kind of the technology for your website and going, hey, how come people aren't coming to my website? Is Google even sharing it with other people? There's some assets there that you can go and check out. I'm sure there'll be a link here in the show. If you go and get the awarenessstrategies.com slash website dash audit. It's a $500 value. It gives you about a 30, 40 page report on your website. It does take about 10, 20 minutes to produce because it actually does go through and scale your website or uh, scrape through it to get your information, it gives you the report. And then you can have a meeting with me to discuss it. I'll explain it in English for you and uh, work with you on some strategy if you want on how you can help become the go-to expert in your industry with your book. Oh, Michelle, thank you so much for being our guest. Well, thank you for having me. That was fun. Yeah, lots of fun. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and share. And we always love reviews. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you, Visibility Pod, for all your services and management of our podcast. This episode is sponsored by Visibility Podcasts. Connect with Visibility Pod about visibility strategy coaching, podcast tours, podcast production, platform building, content creation, and distribution. Your online presence matters. Mention this author interview to receive a discount. Get the help you need today. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. That's V-I-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com.